wow, what an amazing video we all just watched. I saw it several days ago, and I thought I want to bring it to our entire congregation and anyone who's watching this morning. Come, Jesus, come. What a phenomenal three words and video presentation with just moving lyrics that we need right now in our city, in our state, in our nation that's really under siege of economic struggles and the COVID struggle and, of course, the rise of just violence and racism and murder and aggression. My prayer for you this morning is that you would lean in and you would open up your heart and you would say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life in a new way. I need you, Lord. Every young person, every college student, every adult, black, white, or brown that's been touched and moved, all of us, by the murder of George Floyd just days ago and by the aggression and the violence that we're seeing happen in our streets that we probably never would have thought would happen here. It's happening right here. Come, Jesus, come. That's my prayer. I hope it's your prayer. Come into my life. Change me. Let me be the person you want me to be. Rid my heart and my life of racism, of judgment, of condemnation towards people and shaming them that I don't even know, I don't even understand. I haven't taken the time to. Come, Jesus, come. So glad you're with us this morning. want to bring a word really along those lines. For many, it's going to be a familiar story. We're going to read it, lots of verses. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. If you've been in church any length of time, you've heard this story. I've heard this story from the time I was a little kid in church and heard it in vacation Bible school that I need to be a certain kind of person. I need to be the person that's just like this Good Samaritan. I can't think of a more pointed parable that Jesus told to the people who were listening to him a couple thousand years ago, then we need to hear it again today. And so I'm praying today, especially during these tumultuous times, that your heart's probably open more and more like mine, and my, my ears are open and my eyes are open, that I want to be just like this man was. So come on, let's lean in, let's listen, let's learn today from God's Word. Luke chapter 10, verse 25 Starts out by saying this, one day an expert in the religious law stood up to test Jesus. Notice attesting him by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? If you want a title for today's message, that's your title. How do you read it? Read it. Very interesting that Jesus kind of replied a question with a question. He did that quite often. How do you read what the Old Testament said? And the man answered, verse 27, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, 
and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? How do you read it, Jesus says. Who is my neighbor, he asked him. And on the premise of that question, Jesus begins telling a story, or Jesus begins telling the parable of the Good Samaritan. Here's what he said. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed it by. No help from the priest. No help. A temple assistant or a Levite, who's also a worker in the church, we would say. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him. This is interesting. Looked at him lying there, and he passed by on the other side. No help from the people that should have brought him help. No help from the people that should have had answers. No help from somebody who should have had compassion and should have been the first to respond, but no help. Then a despised Samaritan came along. When he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. He took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Then Jesus says this, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to him who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked that expert in the religious law, that person who knew the Old Testament back and forward, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. He knew Isaiah. He knew Jeremiah. He knew the writings of the prophets. He says, who was the neighbor? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. L listen, he couldn't even say the Samaritan. He couldn't even utter those words. He just simply said, which is true, it was the man who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, <laughs> Stop everything. Shut the door. Now you go and do the same. There should be no discussion in our lives what we should be doing right now and what our posture and our position and our direction and our thoughts and our words and our mind and our focus should be towards anyone who is not like us. Show compassion. Show mercy. Go and do the same. The background, if you don't know, of this, this aggression, if you will, and this hostility and this despisement between the Jews and the Samaritans goes back centuries. It, it, it happened when the Samaritans, even before they were known as the Samaritans, there were, the, the nation of Israel was 12 tribes, if you remember, and, and they split 
ten into the northern tribe and, and two into the southern tribe. And, and the northern kingdom, uh, kingdom, these ten tribes, this northern kingdom eventually started worshiping idols and false gods and that their heart was then led astray. Later on, uh, they began intermarrying the Assyrians and further their digression away from the true God of Israel. And, and, and later then, the, the Jewish people that stayed true to God in their own minds called them half-breeds and called them dogs because of their intermarriage and their interwovenness, if you will, of worship to God, if you will, the, the, the true God, Jehovah, Yahweh, but also worshiping these false idols. And so they were dogs, they, they called them. You're despised because you have polluted yourself and you have married people who aren't like us. And there was always animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans ever since. And it's really interesting that Jesus uses this group, the Samaritans, to make a point to show the Jews who your neighbor really is. The most despised person, the, 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 the person that you have the most trouble with, Jesus says, this is your neighbor. This is the person you are to show mercy to. This is the person you are to pity. This is the person you are to be compassionate toward. We need this now in our city, in our nation, in our communities, in our churches more than ever. Come, Jesus, come. What I think is interesting is that Jesus, in his ministry, he made it a point in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read the account of his earthly life. He made it a point to go and bring the gospel to the Samaritans. A woman at the well, a Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was vexed with a demon and, and Jesus heals her. Time after time, we find Jesus going towards those who were the most despised. And I believe it this morning, that that is the heart of Jesus Christ, even in the middle of the pain and the turmoil that is going on right now in our nation. Jesus didn't just tell the story. Can I tell you something? Jesus lived the story. It's one thing to be a storyteller. It's one thing to have you know, tell a parable and tell a, a couple of quips and a and, and couple, of, couple of tweets and a couple of things you post on IG. But Jesus lived this. He just didn't say something. He did something about it. He physically went. He physically ministered. He physically taught. He physically healed. He helped hurting people. That's my prayer for you and me this morning is that we, number one, individually, we as a church, we as a, a people, that we would be the kingdom of God. We would be the feet, the arms, the eyes, the ears, the heart of Jesus Christ right now in our city, in our workplaces, that we would be that kind of people. I, I, we're living in a time where there's more hurting people than I can ever imagine. I've been saying this for a long time, man. I'm 60. I don't know what's going on. I'm 60 right now. I don't know how that came up so fast, but, but man, from 1960 when I was born till 2000 to 2020, that's 60 years. 
And I'm seeing things now that I've never seen before. I'm seeing things that we never would have thought even in January what, what, what's gone on with, with COVID and, and still dealing with that. And, and thank God, I think the curve's flattening. Thank God for that. And then with the economic, you know, recession and people losing, losing their jobs and unemployment. And on one hand, we've got people prospering because of things, some things that are going on. And we've got people that are desperate and hurting and food lines and, and struggling. And then on top of that, now we've got a, the murder of George Floyd on top of other aggressions that have happened to our black brothers and sisters. And, and now we've got riots and we've got angst and we've got hurt and we've got pain. And I'm telling you, we need to be people of compassion. We need to be people of prayer. We need to be people that let others process what they're going through and lead people to a God who can help them get through what they're going through. I believe that with all my heart. People are angry. People are hurt. People are frustrated. I believe it just like these Samaritans in, in Jesus' time. People are feeling dejected. People are feeling despised. People are feeling rejected. And you don't have to go very far to see it. It's your coworkers. It could possibly be your friends. I was having a discussion with somebody recently, and they, and they said that they were fearful, uh, just talking about broad strokes, if I could, uh, fearful for their children. This is an African-American couple, and, and they're fearful for their children, or one child really in particular, because one child is a little bit darker than the other. My God, what, where did that come from? How come that still is a thing? I, I'm frustrated. I want to change. I want to be a person of change. I want to help. I want to learn. I want to listen. I want to lean in. And I hope you do too. That right now, I believe there's been a, a window of opportunity in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the hurt, in the middle of the difficulty that we could be people that build a bridge and that we walk to the other side and we see Jesus heal us, us, not like the priest who sees and then walks away and doesn't want to get involved, not like the, the Levite, uh, the temple worker who sees and walks away. I want to be like the Samaritan. It's interesting. He was the one that was the despised. He was the one that was the hurt. He was the one that if you would say he was broken, but listen, this brother had some stuff going on on the inside of him, no matter what was going on in culture. No matter what happened in his family, something was different in him. I'm praying that that can be in your and my life as well. What I love about Jesus is that Jesus just never stayed away from different groups of people. <laughs> he would hang out with the religious people. He would hang out, the Bible says in Luke 5, with the prostitutes and the pimps and, and, and come on, could I say it? All, all kind of people, just all kind of people, the addicts. He, he, he was known as, as the, the guy that would hang around. One translation says, notorious sinners. All kind of people that are going through all kind of situations. And he's bringing the very love of God and the power of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God. Because that's just who he was. Who he was superseded the culture that was around him. He didn't let culture affect him. He changed it. He himself was the salt and the light. He was life in a body. He was light in a body. He was love 
in a body. And my God, do we need that working in us right now in this season and for the rest of our life. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, the scripture says this, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were wearied and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Notice that. Multitudes, weary, moved with compassion. He saw the multitudes. They've been hanging around with him for days. He was moved with compassion because they were wearied and scattered. I, th- I think about this. I, I, I look at the images on TV, and you have too, and even here in our own community, La Mason, and things that have gone on in San Diego, and, and what's gone on all around the world, in, in America specifically. And, and I've seen people that are just weary. <laughs> I've seen people that are scattered. I see people that are broken, like sheep having no shepherd. What I think is amazing about Jesus is that Jesus, I could say it this way, was, I, I, was just very indiscriminate with compassion. Just indiscriminate. He was just over the top with compassion. He saw the multitudes and he saw them hurting and, and he saw them frustrated and he saw them wearied and he saw them scattered. And so he knew that he needed to be that shepherd. He needed to be that one that would gather. He, he needed to use his voice. He, he needed to use his spirit. He needed to use who he was to do something that wasn't being done right then. And I'm asking you, and I'm asking me, hard questions. Will you lift up your voice against wrongs? Will you be a person who's not silent now? And I'm, I'm learning as I'm talking to some of my black brothers and sisters of some stuff that I, 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 need, to, I need to learn. I don't know it all. And I'm okay with learning, but I want to be the person that, 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 that's first, first responder, if you will. I want to be, I want to be there. I want to be this, this good Samaritan. I want, I want to try to get involved. I want to try to learn. I'm trying to try to help somebody. And if I don't get it right, I want, I want to try to get it right. Help me get it right. I want to help people heal. I want to see our cities and our communities and people that are weary and frustrated and scattered. I want to see them healed. I really believe it's that we need, right now, more than any other time, we need eyes to see the hurting. We need eyes to see those that are marginalized and people that have been victimized. We need that. Like shepherd, a shepherd that would bring dialogue and that would, with who they were as a man, as a woman, as a teenager, as a college student, and learn and listen and grow into who Jesus is in this time like never before. This word compassion is a crazy word because when you look at it, it really means to be moved in your bowels is an Old Testament, a Hebrew word and and New Testament word. We see pity and we see mercy. And it really means that that you're so moved on the inside that you hurt. Now, not about you, but man, I've hurt. And I've had some brothers and I've had some sisters. I've had some close people just, 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 crying, eyes out, crying, because the hurt and the pain that this has brought up again. And I want us to change. I want us to grow. I, I really believe, I talked to a, a, a black African-American uh, pastor today, a good friend, and, 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 and we were just talking. I really said, I, I believe this is a watershed moment for us. I believe God's given us a window of opportunity right now that we can do something. And, and we prayed before this service uh, 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 with the team, 
And we just, we, we just prayed, God, God, help us. <laughs> help us. Let, let us take advantage of this opportunity right now that we could learn and we could listen and we could be, be agents of change to the people all around us. I, I, I believe that. People of compassion. This guy had compassion. He had mercy. And he moves across the street. Didn't take him much, did it? I think we get this big, grandiose idea. I've got to do a lot of stuff. He just went from one side of the street to the other. He saw something, just like the priest, just like the Levite. But he did something. He saw something. He saw someone. And he did something. This Samaritan... As we talked a moment ago, when Jesus asked the teacher of the law, how do you read it? How do you read the Old Testament? How do you read those scriptures? We could say it this way. The good Samaritan read it differently. He didn't read it like the priest did. He didn't read it like the Levite did. He read it completely different, and he got involved. I love a scripture in the book of James. It says, mercy triumphs over judgment. How, how's your mercy lately? How's your mercy been in the last week, 10 days? Has it been judgment? Has it been aggression inside, turmoil inside? Or is mercy risen up on the inside of you? I can't help but think how awful it was to see a man press his knee on the neck a white man presses knee on the neck of a black man for nine minutes. Stuff that now we're seeing on video, stuff that we're now seeing is almost commonplace. A man lost his life. Your heart's got to be moved. If not, where's your heart? Where's your compassion? Where's your mercy to say, we've got to change this. We've got to get this right. God, give us a window, give us a door, give us an opportunity. Let, let, let work in me. Help me. Help me to be an agent of change. James 1.19 says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. James is really writing this in context of trials and temptations and pressure and when the fire is hot. That, that, that's what's going on right now. So he says this. Look, 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 look at that scripture one more time. This is where we need to be. Every one of us, every one of us, understand you must all be quick to listen. I pray that for you. Be quick to listen right now. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Slow to give your two cents worth. Listen to somebody who's different than you, who has a different viewpoint than you, who's seen something different than maybe you have and that I have. And then get, be slow to get angry. Don't, 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 don't be finger pointing. Be quick to listen. Be, 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 be slow to speak. And then your anger is going to be slow. I, I really believe this is a time that we can get in the middle of hurting people. It's messy, can I tell you? It's uncomfortable. It's challenging. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just difficult. Because I think we don't want to be in uncomfortable situations. And so we shy away from them and, and we hang with people and we do life with people 
who are all about us. Even I'm talking, listen, even in church. And I'm asking you to be okay with getting messy. Be okay with getting, being uncomfortable. Be okay in challenging environments and communications and things that maybe press your buttons a little bit and get you thinking from another side of the table and looking at somebody else's life. What, what I love about this good Samaritan, you know, he didn't lecture he didn't lecture the guy that's on the ground that's beaten and bloodied and bruised and, and about, you know, half dead. He didn't say, man, how, how'd you get here? What would you do? What'd you do? Man, come on, get up. What, what are you doing there? No, he just got involved. He, he just thought, you know, you've been marginalized. And I'm, I'm wondering if he's thinking, my whole life, my culture, I've been marginalized. I've been ostracized. I've been criticized. I've been looked at and despised and rejected. And now, he's the first one to help somebody else. Uh, what I can't help but think about this good Samaritan is just a thought that I hope would be ring true in your and my life as well. That there would just be no limit to our love. And I'm not talking about loving the people that you love. I'm talking about loving the people that don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't think like you aren't in your same economic class, that we would be people, that there would be no limit to our love. What I know from the scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. Love never fails. And what I know about love is that love won't look away. Love won't walk away. Love's going to find a way. I pray that we would be people of love more than ever right now, especially in this season. And maybe this morning you're feeling, you know, okay, Gary, <laughs> are you trying to make me feel bad about what happened? I didn't do anything. I I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying, would you, like me, I'm asking myself some hard questions. I, I, I sent a video uh, today that, that, that I, I came across my IG feed, and I was questioning it a little bit. So I, I, I went ahead and sent it out to some of my black friends. I said, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Give me some feedback. I want to know. I want to learn. I want to listen. I believe that's all I'm asking. I believe that's what God's asking, that we see something maybe that we just haven't seen before. We all have blind spots. And I don't know what's going on with the priest, and I don't know what's going on with the Levite. But the Samaritan, man, he had some eyes to see, and, and he, he stepped across the road. And I want to be like that, and I want to be like Jesus who... The scripture says concerning him, he came to seek and to save that and those who were lost. Seek and to save. I love that. Is that you can't save anybody until you first seek somebody. Seek and save that which is lost. I've got to seek you out. I've got to find you. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to know you. I've got to be invested in your life before I can ever ask you to be invested in somebody who's changed my life. People are lost. People are hurting. People are confused. People want answers. People need hope from a Savior. And what I know about Jesus is this, is this I think it's phenomenal. What, what, what we, what, when we read the scriptures about Jesus, is this great thought. Is that people who were nothing like him, liked him. And people, or and Jesus, I could say, and Jesus liked people who were nothing like him. 
people who weren't, listen, just, just people who, who, who Jesus would hang out with people. And they, they liked him. The sinners liked him. They, they hung out with him. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the scripture says, they liked being with him. And Jesus liked people who were nothing like him. Is that you? Or have you closed off your life and just isolated yourself from going certain places or being around certain people? Or is your heart opening up? I really believe this. As Christians, as Christians, we should be known as people who love people who are nothing like us. Could we do that? Of course, I, I believe we can. But this is challenging. As Christians, we're required to do this. The Bible says when Jesus, now you're the, if he's the Lord of your life, there's not a Jew or Gentile, there's not a man or a woman, slave or free. <laughs> he says there's no, there's no ethnic difference. There's no race difference. There's no gender difference. There's no economic difference. We're all one by the blood of Jesus Christ. Is that so in your life? Or there are lines and there's separations and it's us and them and it's the Jews and the Samaritans and it's this people group and that and, and we're not allowing the love of God to penetrate our heart. I know this. Racism is real. Sexism is real. We see it. Uh, social or economic classism is real. But all those things are barriers to unity, and I'm asking you, and I'm asking me, if I would rend my heart and change my life and my attitudes and preconceived ideas right now, especially, and begin making changes in how I think and what I, how I process the trajectory of my life, where I could see in Jesus' name something better in America and my city here in Chula Vista for my children, my four children and their two spouses and my soon-to-be five grandchildren. I want it better, and I want it better for you. But I know change happens on a very individual basis. Let me give you some thoughts. Let me give you some suggestions as we're closing this morning. I'm asking you that you be vulnerable and you be open and transparent in your relationship with people who aren't like you. I'm asking you to seek to understand and have empathy. Why are people like that? Why do they do that? What, what are they, where are they coming from? How, how come I'm asking you to be vulnerable? I'm asking you to be open. I'm asking you to begin being transparent and asking yourself questions and asking other people questions. Tell me. Just talk to me. Is this right? Is this wrong? <laughs> From somebody of a different race. I'm asking you another thought. To, to, to listen to other people's stories. Listen to somebody else's story. And, and then you're around. Tell your story. Learn together. Grow. Change. Change. I think we could do this. Could I say it this way? Another thought. Get comfortable being uncomfortable I, I, I'm seeing some things now and you probably are too and maybe you know you're seeing images you're hearing things and maybe some of you are uncomfortable that's a good thing 
Because I believe when you're uncomfortable, you can grow. So get comfortable being uncomfortable. I think we need to weep with those who weep. I think we need to rejoice with those who rejoice. I'm not just talking about certain ethnicities weeping with those. Every one of us, every race, every one of us, our heart should be broken off what we have seen recently. And I'm praying that we're all going to get to rejoice at healing and transformation that happens. I, I trust that. I, I trust that. I want to leave you one last scripture this morning. It's from an Old Testament prophet named Micah. He says this in chapter 6, verse 8. He has shown you. Check it out now. You've got to read the Bible slow now. He has shown you, oh man, what is good. Stop right there. I believe inside every single person, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life or you have not, there is something inside you that you know what is good and what is not good. Now, I believe when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the definition of goodness changes a whole lot. For there is none good. There is no righteous. The Bible says all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. We have no right to stand before a holy God, only solely by the blood of Jesus Christ. But I believe inside us, there's a beacon to say that's right or that's wrong. So he says, he has shown you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require? Check it out. What does the Lord require of you, of me? Mom, dad, old, young, black, white, brown. What does he require of you? He says to do justly to do justly. Listen, I believe this. This is a personal thing. This is a personal thing. This is a family thing. This, this is a church thing. This is a national thing. But listen, don't, don't, don't put it off on a national thing. Don't put it off on a church thing. Don't put it off just on a family thing. This is a personal thing. You do justly yourself. Yourself. Parents, teach your kids, train your kids, challenge your kids concerning this. Do justly. Secondly, he says, to love mercy. Look at that. To love it. Love mercy. Love it. Love it. Love mercy. This is a heart thing. This is a heart thing. Develop more compassion. Address every area of judgment in your life. Love mercy. I want to be merciful. Again, we read that, we mentioned that scripture in James 2.13. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy, not judgment. Love mercy. And Micah says, lastly, that to walk humbly. Walk humbly. This is an action thing. This is an attitude thing. This is, I'm going to learn. I'm going to listen. I'm going to, this, this is my lifestyle. I'm going to walk humbly. I don't know it all. Why'd you do that? Why, why, why are they like that? I don't know. Have you asked? 
Have you gotten involved? Have you said anything? How's your lifestyle? Have you walked where they walked? No. Well, well then maybe, maybe you need to maybe you need to pump the brakes and step back and, and go have a discussion. Walk humbly. Man, what, what do we do? What, what do we do? You know, what, what do we do now concerning this whole parable? I, I would say just a couple things. Is that who's on your road right now? The, the Good Samaritan, the priest, the Levite, the Good Samaritan, they, they were on a road. They were all going the same road. And right, and right there was that, that man that was beaten and, and bruised and bloody. And so I, I would just say there, there's... There's people on your road right now. There's people in your workplace. Maybe, maybe there's people in your family that don't look like you. They don't talk like you. You've been ostracizing them. You better start there. Who's on your road? Who's on your road? Who's in your church? Who's in your church? Who's on your road? Who's on your team at work? <laughs> you don't have to go far. You sure don't. Who's on your road right now? I can just say this, just be a neighbor. That's what he said. That's what Jesus told him. Be a neighbor. Be a good neighbor. Be a good neighbor. The, the, the one that's the neighbor is the one that showed mercy. Be a neighbor. Be that person that goes the extra mile. Be that person that, that gets involved. Be that person that serves and bandages wounds and wounds that have been perpetuated. Listen, in our country right now, concerning racism, Generations. Generations. Can it change? Will it change overnight? No, no. Not pie in the sky. It's not going to change overnight. But could it change in you? Could it change in me? I think it can. Be a good neighbor. <laughs> Just that last question that we saw. How do you read it? That's what Jesus asked that guy. Crazy question. The expert in religious law. How do you read what the scripture says. I find it awful and yet intriguing how we could read the Bible and come to the conclusion that some of our action is okay. Some of our attitude is okay. Some of our aggression and our, our words are okay. How do you read it? What a Sunday. What a time we're living in. I believe Jesus is the hope of the world. He's got answers for you. He's got answers for me and for our families. And I pray that we would say, come, Jesus, come. Come on, if you're far away from him today, this is your time where you can lean in and you can have a heart change you can have a direction change would you let him come into your heart would you repent this morning of racism of social elitism of social economicism, and looking down at other people whatever it is that you need a heart change this morning I'm praying right now wherever you're at that your heart's being softened and you're saying, God, change. Let, let it start in me. Let it start in me. I need you. I need you in my life in a new way. 
I believe that. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to lead you in a prayer.